0: All right, now I'm gonna to prove to you, my viewers all over the world, that I'm a good guy. Now, I know some of you have questions about that, but here is the proof. So as you know, a Killing the Mob was number one for nine weeks, but then it wasn't number one because another book took its place. And that book is called American Marxism, by a guy named Mark Levin, you may have heard of him. So rather than brood about this and hurl invective Mr. Levin's way, I'm putting him on a program tonight. And you're gonna see him in a moment, but first I wanna set up American Marxism. So as you know, we've been reporting on this for, I would say two years, you know, uh, and we, we really stepped it up after the George Floyd incident. That there is a strain in the United States that wants to replace our capitalistic system with socialism slash Marxism. And we've proven it beyond a reasonable doubt. If you still don't believe it, all you need to do is go to the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation website, where they clearly say, the three women who founded that organization, were Marxists. We are. They're not, it's not like they're hiding it. They're proud of it. So in the months after George Floyd, the following corporations donated a lot of money to the Marxist Black Lives Matter Global Foundation, Amazon, Microsoft, Intel, Reddit, Uber, Warner Music Group, Cisco, Gatorade, Nabisco. And then there were private people, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Justin Bieber, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, on and on and on and on. Now, are all of those people Marxists? I mean, what the deuce are they doing? So joining us now from Florida is the aforementioned author of the number one bestseller, American Marxism, Uh, Mark Levin, you know him, he's on radio, he's on television. He'll come to your house and cut your lawn if you're nice to him. I mean, he's just everywhere. So this is what I, I can't explain to my audience very lucidly. These big corporations that would be dismantled, actually confiscated if Marxism was the system in America, they're pumping millions of dollars into that system. Can you explain
1: it? Well, if you look at history – and thank you, Bill, for having me – there were a lot of corporations that worked hand-in-glove with Nazi Germany, with the Third Reich, even though they were claiming to be capitalist organizations. They're not really so much pro-capitalism as they're pro-corporatism. And I explain in the book a couple attitudes about this. Number one, the boards have moved hard left with uh, newer and newer board members. Number two, they want to destroy their competition. What better way to destroy your competition than to get in bed with the regulators? Number three, many of them have decided that the Democrat Party and this agenda is going to win because in so many respects the Republicans are weak, uh, that these movements have already devoured many cultural aspects of our society. And so it's not that they're particularly patriotic. Many of them want to do business in China. Many of them do business in China. They don't much care about how much genocide is going on there. And so these are these are different type of uh, corporate boardroom I think we're dealing with today and over the last several decades. So it doesn't surprise me. And of course, they get no pushback from us. The left goes to shareholder meetings. They show up by the hundreds. They make demands. Uh, they, they conduct boycotts and and they try to get pension funds to divest. We don't do anything except complain about it and talk about it. And that's one of the points of my book. It's time that we become a little bit more engaged. We don't have to change our lives the way they they do. They're 24-7 at this. But how about we spend a few minutes every day or an hour every week uh, doing what we need to do to push back. And we need to begin boycotting. We need to begin sanctioning. We need to begin divesting.
0: All right, let's get to Uh, that. We'll get to that in a minute. But I still want to pick up this theme. So Disney, you don't get more American than Disney, all right? The Disney Corporation is full woke. Would you agree with that? They're 100% oh, yeah. in. Okay. Now, I don't know whether Bob Iger, a billionaire, runs Disney. Is I don't think he's a Marxist or a socialist. Um, but what he does is enable this kind of fascism, particularly on speech, to take root. That's what he does. And I'll give you an example. I think you may know this in disney world in orlando florida and in disneyland in anaheim california the public address people can no longer say the words ladies and gentlemen boys and girls they're gone that's fascism okay uh they're ordered no by that's their... marxism well you link it into marxism okay
1: i'll explain it in a minute
0: all right but i don't think Iger and the board of disney would cop to being marxists i don't
1: think well, i right. want to explain that okay It's not that they cop to being Marx. I didn't call the book Marxism. I called it American Marxism. It's an Americanized form of Marxism. And it's for this reason. They have adapted the fundamentals, the oppressed versus the oppressor, the victim versus the victimized. Uh, They reject so many of our founding principles, whether they're billionaires, whatever they're doing and so forth, is is beside the point. They're not Marxists in the old Soviet way. They're not Marxists. They're not Maoists. They're not Leninists. But they, but they embrace the idea uh, that the culture is rotten because they promote it. If they didn't promote it, uh, then it wouldn't matter what all these Marxist movements are doing. They embrace the idea. You can't find a dime's worth of difference with them on Black Lives Matter. You just said they helped subsidize them. Uh, they say almost nothing about Antifa. When it comes to climate change, which I explain in the book, is an old degrowth movement that came out of uh, Europe. Uh, They're all in on climate change. They help fund these movements. Uh, They're all in on critical race theory. And this is what I mean. It's an Americanized, tailorized form of Marxism. Now, they don't want to nationalize businesses and stuff like that. But they take the fundamentals where you must have class warfare based on whatever it is. Marx talked about economic class warfare. This Americanized form has expanded it. Uh, It's been tailored to our American system to seek our imperfections.
0: Do you think that Iger and the boys sitting there in Beverly Hills uh, are aware of that? Do you think they're doing it on purpose?
1: Well, they're not doing it by accident.
0: So you you think that they know that Disney and the board of directors and the CEO know and want than to tear down the traditional American system, both economically and socially. You think they want to do this and are using the power of their corporation to make it happen.
1: Actually, it doesn't matter to me whether they think it or not. This book isn't written for the media. It's not written for the corporate titans. It's not written for the left. It's written for the average American to read and find out what's going on in this country. But let me address that. Not only doesn't it matter to me what they think they are, the fact of the matter is they're promoting it. If these corporations weren't promoting it, and if these various cultural institutions like our media were not promoting it, it wouldn't be an issue. That's if true. our school districts weren't promoting it, it wouldn't matter. absolutely the culture true. culture has been conquered. And so I'm trying – I say, here's what happened. I looked at this. I didn't come up with this title until three months before I turned this book in. I said, what the hell is going on here? And I went back, I'll give you an example, climate change. I said, what climate change, climate warming, climate cooling, is it happening? Isn't it happening? This is a movement. One degree here or there. They want to change our entire economy. Who are these people? And I go back and I researched it and I saw this comes out of the 1970s, out of Europe, an entire movement. It's all out there for people to see. It's not about global warming or cooling or climate. It is about a degrowth movement aimed first at the United States, the Industrial Revolution, which Marx was always upset about the Industrial Revolution because it proved his entire theory false. The bourgeoisie was not overthrown by the great proletariat. The great proletariat became the great middle class that loves America and defends America and fights for America. So they've been on a hate-on on the American capitalist system from day one, and they hate being called what I call them. Whether they believe it or not, I don't much give a damn. You can't find, Bill, a dime's worth of difference between the vast majority of the media today and any of these movements.
0: Now, on page 34 of your book, you have a quote from a guy who says Social movements thrive on conflict. And what basically that is is that you have to create so much chaos. If you want to change a system, and you can see that throughout history, I know you're a historian, you know how the Russian Revolution happened, how the rise of the Third Reich happened, and and you've got to create all of this confusion so the people just don't know what the deuce is going on, and that they then go into whatever they feel is safe or what promises them the most. And that is a very, very smart theme of your book now my question because you know i'm a simple man joe biden is a leader of the united states he has done more to enable the progressive left and all of the woke stuff than any other president in history including barack obama by far now biden will never read your book and i don't even think he'll have the time to have jill read it to him okay but if you were to have him right here Biden would never admit to being, oh, I don't want Marxism. I don't want socialism. You know he wouldn't. Do you think he has any clue what's really happening?
1: Here's the thing. One of the things I also say in the book is this, Bill. We have to take the language back and we have to understand what's going on in this country. This isn't liberalism. This isn't progressivism. This isn't social activism. This isn't democratic socialism, which are uh, two terms that don't really work together. This is what it is. And they may not like be calling it, but might calling it exactly what it is. And that's part of the book. We have to have the courage to use the terms properly. Now, as a perfect example, the early progressive movement was a byproduct of Marxism. The early progressives, whether Woodrow Wilson, but in particular, John Dewey and so forth, they embraced it. John Dewey went back to Moscow in 1928 when Stalin was in full roar. And he looked at the educational system and he said this is what we need to be doing we need to unite around the communal we have to re-. and you've written you've talked about this i think you call them the sps or something to that to that effect right. and uh exactly right right, right. but yeah. biden himself
0: so, as the yeah. leader is is cultivating yeah. this he's making it easier for the ocasio-cortez's right. and all of these people do you think he
1: knows what he's doing these people will never say i he found me out levin did i'm an american marxist of course not but i want frank and sally and Mohammed and yitzhak and everybody else in america to understand this is what they're promoting they self-identify as something else this is also another tactic in terms of biden no of course he doesn't know but he is the main as you point out the main foil through which they operate. He has signed executive order after executive order promoting every one of these movements.
0: So I don't think he knows what he's doing, period. Um, He's never really had any spine, you know that from his senatorial career. Um, I think his church is gonna boot him uh, in November, and that'll be a huge story. Final question on politics, Kamala Harris, is she more hardcore progressive than Biden?
1: You know, I don't know, Bill, if we've ever had a time, certainly in modern history, and we've had two people who are completely unqualified to serve in the positions they're in. Kamala Harris, though, is more of an uh, outwardly ideological, I think. Uh, Biden is a chameleon, but I think she's more outwardly ideological. There's not a single one of these, what I call these spawned American Marxist movements that she disagrees with. In fact, she had a more radical voting record than Bernie Sanders. Uh, That's another one who gets away with, I'm a Democratic social. That guy's been an old red Marxist since day one when he was screaming on a soapbox in Brooklyn, New York. But that said, yes, she clearly is. I mean, look... Do they talk about individual liberty ever do they talk about american sovereignty ever do they ever praise american capitalism they trash the founders they trash the founding they trash the declaration in the constitution they support people pulling down monuments they support people effectively burning books brainwashing our children if it's not what i call american marxism then what the hell is it
0: last question NBC is the most woke of the powerful corporations that control the media. That's Comcast. All right. Second is AT&T, CNN. I see it as a money play for NBC. They got their butt kicked when I was at Fox News. They could never do anything. They never made any money. But then they went far left, and now they're making a little bit of money. CNN was the, hey, Trump network, they made a little money doing that. Is it all about money? for Comcast and AT&T, or are they buying into this progressive socialist trend?
1: I think in this specific respect, these massive corporations that own these these news platforms, they don't need to own these news platforms. They can make a ton of money without. Them. I think they uh, they own them as a protection racket. CNN's never going to do a negative story on AT&T. And NBC and MSNBC are never going to do a negative story on Comcast. So I think they like having these outlets. They like having them woke. Uh, they're part of that, that milieu of, uh, of corporatists who, who are down for the revolution, even though they're out there trying to make every little nickel they possibly can. So I just want to be clear. I know they don't self-identify as American Marxists. If they did, I wouldn't have to write this book. I'm identifying them. I'm explaining why I think they are, that it is a unique form of Marxism. There was a great piece written by Professor Paul Kengor from Grove City in The American Spectator. And he's an expert on communism. He's an expert on the Cold War. And he said what's unique about this book is that he feels I've identified something that's happening, something that's going on, and I've labeled it properly. And we'll see, because I think I have, but we'll see if if people agree with me.
0: And you're... uh... On your radio and television platforms, you're saying to the American people in these corporations, the ones we just named, and many, many more, don't do business with them, right? Just don't do business with them.
1: To the extent you can, boycott them. And then also, look what we did with Goya. Also promote those who who, who are patriotic. I mean, what the hell? Why should we subsidize our own demise? Why should we subsidize companies that hate our guts and Does that hate go the country? For, Movie stars
0: and people like that. Is that, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Aniston, You're damn these right. people? Okay. All right, the yeah. book, number one. And, you know, I'm not holding a grudge that, that Killing the mobs number three. We love you, uh, Bill. Uh, <laughs> American Marxism, Mark Levin. Thanks very much. Hope we can talk again. I appreciate you coming you on. You too. Okay.
1: G- God bless.
0: I thought that was a pretty interesting interview. I hope you did too. Let me know what you think. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town to opine. The only way for a guy like me born into very modest circumstances in Levittown, New York, the only way I could become wealthy was to invest in the stock market after I began making decent money as a journalist. So I did that. I invested in the stock market. It goes up, it goes down, but if you stay in it for the long run, You build wealth. That's it. You can't do it any other way. You can earn a lot of money if you do something very well or invent something. But if you are just a wage earner, as I was for 45 years, my wages at the end were good. But in the beginning, they weren't. So I invest in the stock market. That's how you build wealth. Okay. so here's the data. Um. There are about, let me see how many Americans, 55 percent, according to Forbes magazine, 55 percent of Americans have money in the stock market. Okay, most of that is in retirement funds, school funds for the kids, college tuition, those kinds of things. All right. Just 14 percent. Invest in individual stocks. I have a few stocks. Okay, but I have more mutual funds. Now, the people who invest in stocks are called the investor class. And when they sell a stock and make money from it, they pay a capital gains tax to the government. If it's less than a year, they pay what they would pay on an income tax basis. For me, that would be about 37 percent. Okay, if it's more than a year, 20 percent. Biden wants to double that for the investor class to 43 percent of capital gains. That's what Biden wants. not going to get it, but he'll get a higher ta- capital gains. That will take the investor class, some of it, away from the market and cause the market to go down, and companies won't have as much money to invest. That's what will happen. You raise tax rates, federal government raises tax rates on investments. The investments are not bought as much. That's what the socialists want. Listen to Elizabeth Warren.
2: The whole point of having a stock market is so that people across this country, around the world, can invest in
3: businesses, help create that capital accumulation so businesses have the money they need to grow and to prosper. Instead, what has happened is it's turned into a casino so that market manipulators come in and they drive markets up or down and make a profit on it.
0: Okay, there is some of that, but there are laws against that, and the senator well knows. The senator is a socialist, and so is Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders. They want to control the stock market and the bond market and the commodities market from Washington, as they want to control the private economy. They will tell you what you should invest in, what you can do and not do in the financial community. That's what they want. Here's a tweet from a nut, Congressman Corey Bush. Um, Congress is now it's a woman, right? Congresswoman Corey Bush, uh, a loon. She's from Missouri. Quote: The stock market hitting 30,000 points for the first time ever on a day when 2,216 people died from COVID in a week where people will be starving on Thanksgiving. Tells you everything you need to know about our broken system. Okay, so that woman, she's, I think, a communist, not a socialist. She's doing a step further. You know, disband it. Disband it. They don't want, the progressives don't want anybody becoming wealthy. No one. They want to level it off at a certain, certain place where everybody makes the same. That's communism socialism. Except for them, of course, in the ruling class. So Biden's got all his money and his family has been well taken care of thanks to his connections. He's got his beach house. He's got his main house. uh, He's got his pension funded. He's got all that. All right. He never had a private job ever, but he's a millionaire, multimillionaire. Never had a private job. Isn't that sweet? Right. So Biden doesn't care. Socialists want to run the economy. Fine. And the final thing is, and people don't believe me, again, I go back to my liberal friends, they want the market to tank, they want the economy to go over the cliff. Because then the people will panic and they'll turn to the strong federal government to save them, just like COVID. We'll write you checks, you lose your job, we'll pay you more than if you were working. We'll give you food, we'll give you a house, We'll give you daycare. We'll give you everything. Vote for us. But we'll control everything. You'll never get above what we give you. But we'll keep you afloat. That's communism socialism. That's what the progressive left wants. And that's what this guy in the White House is enabling. So we all clear on this. This is very, very important for you to be crystal Clear, as Tom Cruise said in the movie, A Few Good Men. Crystal clear. This is the end game. Capitalism evil, socialism good. And the march is picking up momentum. Now, I have predicted it will stop next year. The madness will stop. You're already seeing, you are already feeling the pain. Gas, food, other things. You're feeling it. You're going to feel it more. But this could go over the cliff. Because Biden's not going to stop it. He'll spend more and more and more and more and more. He'll do whatever the progressives tell him to do. It's shocking how bad this is. I knew he was going to be bad. Biden. I didn't know he was going to be this bad. Let's go to COVID. So I still get letters and I'm going to read a couple of them about people who are, you know, anti-vaccine and all that. And all I can say is we report the facts of COVID here. That's what we do. And then you can decide what to do with those facts. This Delta variant of COVID is more contagious than the original. It's obvious. 95% of the people who are getting the Delta variant are unvaccinated. That's it. Now, if you won't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. Those are hospitals reporting to Atlanta. All right, and the hospitals do their due diligence when someone comes in. So if you don't believe it, then you don't believe it. But it's like saying there are four seasons. Well, I'm not going to believe that. Okay, fine. So the Delta variant now is whipping around this country. And the people who are not vaccinated are getting it and spreading it to other non-vaccinated people. There are some vaccinated people, particularly with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that are getting it, but usually a very mild case of it. Okay? So that's the fact. That, that's your baseline. But now we have a big problem in children. All right? What are we going to do when the kids go back to school and some of them are already in session? Uh, are you going to make them wear masks? So I, I asked my staff, and I did a very nice job of this, to um, get some stats, and we got them from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So at the top of the line. So stat number one is that of all the cases of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic in the USA, children comprise 14%. That's under the age of 18. Okay, so that's a very low number. 23 states have reported children being hospitalized because of COVID, but 27 states have had not one child in the hospital. That's I didn't. That stat is pretty amazing. Okay. According to the CDC's COVID data tracker, as of August 8th, and today is the 9th, so that is yesterday, 3% of children ages 12 to 15 are vaccinated. That's all. But they're not getting COVID or the Delta very much so far. Only 2% ages 16 to 70 are vaccinated. So that's 5% altogether of kids under the age of 18. Remember, if you're under the age of 12, you cannot get the vaccine because they haven't done enough studies to see um, if it's worthwhile or not. So um, the fact is that at this point, children are, are seemingly resistant to the worst parts of COVID. And those who do get it, get it like the flu. So in UK, they did a study on the kids, 5 to 17. This is from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal. It said most children with COVID recover within a week, it's like the flu. But now you've got this hue and cry uh, to have the kids masked up in school. So I want to talk to uh, one of the best experts in the country about that. And he comes to us from Nashville, Tennessee, Dr. William Schaffner is a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. First of all, in the stats that I just gave, did anything um, strike you, stand out?
3: Well, I have a great deal of respect, Bill, for the American Academy of Pediatrics, but I was surprised that a substantial number of states have not had any admissions of children for COVID to their hospitals. That seems anomalous, I would like to explain that. Yeah, well.
0: That that, that that caught my eye too, that caught my eye.
3: Because what's happened here in Tennessee just recently, let me give you just three quick numbers. In early July, we had about four children in all of the hospitals in Tennessee admitted with COVID. Mid-July, it went up to 17, and as of Friday, it was 27 so it's clearly increasing and some of those children are in pediatric intensive care units which is pretty darn unusual our commissioner of health who's a pediatrician is really worried about this
0: Uh, all right so you went from four kids to 27 kids with this uh variant and those are those are human beings under the age of 18 correct correct okay so that's still a very small number of the population in Tennessee. You're not. Um, and remember, again, I'll remind everybody, be 12 birth to 12. No vaccine. OK, you don't get it. But when there's an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal, the op ed page by two esteemed doctors and, they, and we checked them out. and They're very, very, you know, credible. They say that wearing a mask in most situations does more harm than good to the student, especially the teenage student. is more harm than good, so that that the cure is worse than the disease here. But you don't believe that, do you?
3: Well, first of all, let me tell you, of the two, I know one of them pretty well, and I do respect him, but his view is very different than that of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which undoubtedly, your staff has told you, has recommended that every child who goes to school uh, should be wearing a mask this fall. And I certainly agree with that. And the pediatricians here at uh, Vanderbilt certainly agree with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm but, I would but have if, a difference. if the
0: transmission level is so low now, why why? And, and, you know, 27 states don't have any cases in those states where there isn't a lot of uh, Delta or COVID in general. Why would you impose that on children?
3: Well, first of all, I'm not sure about those numbers. I'd have to look at that again, Uh, happy to do that with you sometime, and the AAP. But I think what we're trying to do is uh, prevent cases. We don't know how much transmission is occurring. We can hold two thoughts in our mind at the same time. There may be a fair amount of low symptomatic spread that's not being tested relatively few people getting sick, but as children come together in schools, we don't, what we wanna do is avoid an explosion of cases in schools across the country. And of course, there are a number of ways to do that. Everybody who should be vaccinated should be vaccinated. And then what we do is in addition, put another layer of protection out to reduce transmission, particularly to the youngsters.
0: I, don't, I See, I disagree, and I'm not a medical person. I'm coming at it from a more uh, of a common sense point of view. So what I would do if I were the governor of any state, would I would allow each school district to make the decision, and then parents would be involved in that. So if you wanted your child to wear a mask, then the child could wear the mask. But if you said no, the child didn't have to. I would require teachers in the classroom to be vaccinated. I would absolutely do that. All right. And anybody, any adult on the campus would have to be vaccinated because you just don't want you want to cut down any potential danger. And I would also require in a school district that has a spike or a school district that has a school itself that then it would change. Um, and then the principal could say, "Public health. We all have to wear masks. Or we're all off for the week." Wouldn't wouldn't that be a little bit better than one size fits all? Pardon the pun. Well, uh,
3: first of all, we're a little bit closer than you might think. Uh, I like everything you said, and I would add something. If the local health department determines that there's a high rate of transmission in that community, then I think masks. Yeah,
0: I, no argument sure. from me. Um, if there's a high rate of transmission and a public health alert, which these people should be getting out. But otherwise, doctor, you, you're talking about the flu. So every year uh, kids get the flu and they're in the schools. And, 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 you know, as the British study showed, you know, five days are out of the flu. And the, And the downside of the mask is substantial. Last word.
3: Well, I don't think the downside of the mask is very substantial at all. And we have to remember, every child who's infected and, and gets sick, for that family, it's 100%. percent there have been over, over 300 children that have died of COVID in the United States. We can keep that number even lower if, you know, we, we don't want it to grow. We want to keep that number as low as possible.
0: All right, Doc. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Bill. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Temple University
3: is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
0: So on September 14th, recall election, California, my prediction is Governor Newsom gets tossed out of office. Why? Because he blew the pandemic. San Francisco is out of control. Los Angeles is out of control homeless problem, drug addiction problem, crime problem, illegal immigration problem, sanctuary cities, you name it, this guy has made it worse. So, the people of California got enough signatures to recall him, and the polls say they're probably gonna boot him. However, Hollywood is trying to ride to the rescue. So, later on this week, there's gonna be a virtual event to try to raise money for Newsom to buy TV ads to say, don't throw me out. The head of this effort is a guy named Jeffrey Katzenberg. You know who he is? Okay, so he's in with Steven Spielberg. And Spielberg couldn't be here because he was at Obama's party. So Katzenberg, they're big movie moguls. And here's with Katzenberg tweeted out, quote, this is all part of Republican effort to delegitimize our election process and suppress the vote nationally. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Well, maybe you don't haven't figured this out, Jeff, but a recall is a vote. It's a vote. And the folks in California got it on a ballot. I know this is difficult for you, Jeff. I know, I know you've got to go to lunch. I know you got a party tonight. But this is a vote where folks go and say yes or no to a governor who is about as incompetent as you are, Jeff. I know that's why you like him. You're both incompetent. The movie industry is destroyed. Your buddy Barry Diller even said it. No one wants to see the movies you're putting out for two reasons. A, they're garbage, and B, they have actors and performers who people despise, Jeff, because those are the only people you hire people who think like you. And the folks aren't going to give you the 12 and 13 bucks anymore. The only people who go to the movies. Are the parents dragging the urchins in to keep them quiet for a couple of hours watching some cartoon and people on dates watching Avengers 18 Fast and Furious nap time or whatever the latest crazy thing is? There's only one Hollywood star that anybody will pay to see. You know who that is? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No more John Waynes, no more Clint Eastwoods, no more Clark Gables, no more Jimmy Stewart's. gone. It's unbelievable. Anyway, if you want to give money to Jeff and uh, Gavin Newsom, you can do it on <laughs> August 12th. There's uh, another one. Here's another one. Okay, so Roberta Kaplan, you don't know who she is. But she's a very nasty, nasty woman. She heads up, time's up, all right? Well, she had to quit today. She had to resign her presidency of time's up. Why? Because she helped Andrew Cuomo trash one of his accusers. Time's up. California wildfire worst in history. It's called the Dixie wildfire. It's named after a street. So it's in rural counties, Butte, Lawson, Plumas, Tahama. And uh, this thing is now burning in an area as big as Maui, Hawaii. Fires damaged 589 buildings. Nobody's been killed because The California fighter fighters are so skilled that they got everybody out because they understand where this thing is going. But it's only about, what, 21 percent contained. And it's been burning since early July. And now it's early August. So. The L.A. Times and the rest of the progressive press are going, it's global warming, global warming, might be. I mean, California climate is changing, and it's dry out there like crazy. So that's not insane to say that. But, uh
2: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law.
3: 18
0: plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here's the final thought of the day. The urchins are driving me nuts. And the reason is last minute stuff. So we in the O'Reilly household book ahead. Plan ahead. Because we're busy. And when we plan something... We like to commit to keep our commitment, especially if it involves other people. So now I got a rash of urchins coming to me going, Oh, no, no, I have to go to this party. I know this just happened. I have to, I have to, I have to. I go, What about the commitment? What about we told these people we were going to go and do this? What about them? What about all the planning? Oh, no. So this is what's happening today in our society. It's a last-minute society. People don't like to commit. They don't like to plan. Whatever comes up, you know, and ah. If we make a commitment, we honor it. So our motto here is, if you say you'll do it, you'll do it. But that has caused a lot of angst lately. But that's the motto, and I'm not changing it. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.